Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the You Haven't Seen That Movie Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where my guest and I watch a famous movie I've never seen before and discuss it. This week, we're talking about Gross Point Blank, a 1997 classic starring John Cusack. I'm your host, David Lonnie Waters, and in my guest chair today, we have Jeff Hernandez. Hello, everybody. That is me. My name is Jeff Hernandez. What's your middle name? Michael. Oh, that's a good middle name. Yeah. Wait, is it? Uh, you know, something I've always found very weird with the the name Michael, not you, and your middle name in Specifically particular. you, Jeff. What I found very weird about you. <laughs> is like the A and the E, uh, the flip of it. The flip always, of it, yeah. yeah. It always messes me up. I always spell Michael wrong because of that. It's my middle name and I do the same thing, honestly. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I have to think, because, I mean, who writes their middle name out, like, on a normal basis? Huh. Well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe there's a whole slew of people out there that do, but I'm not one of those people and whenever I have to uh, write my middle name out, I'm like, is it a, okay, this one looks right. Okay. That's how I go with it. I, I was like, I just felt self-conscious because I just like you blurted just said my middle, middle name out to the heavens. <laughs> I was just, I do it every, at the top of everyone. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no, that's funny though. In the, in the middle of my thing, I was like, he did say his middle name to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what I really enjoy about like just using the three i really love my initials i get to do dlw yeah because if i did dw i don't know if you ever watched arthur the oh yeah yeah, yeah i really hated uh arthur's sister dw dw and i was just like nope i can't have anybody know me by dw ever <laughs> <laughs> you know so Nonetheless, you are, uh, you are the angry Arthur Fist, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're the Ar- angry <laughs> Arthur. DW, angry Arthur Fist mm-hmm. meme. I was thinking of the uh, one about <laughs> like DW looking at the, the door. He's like, I can't read. Like, I think I would be mad at this, but I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Nonetheless, thank you, Jeff, for being on. Thank you for having me over. Thanks for oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Welcome. providing the ambiance. Yes. So. Uh, it was yeah. a lovely evening. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I think one of the first things I said whenever I walked in here was like, I think I feel I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to. I very, it was a very safe space that I want to provide mm-hmm. for uh, movie. You have watching. a nice piano. I, yeah. I enjoy pianos. So yeah, you know, there's a you know, we could have set up a cozy fire, but we didn't. But it's there. Mm-hmm. The option mm-hmm. was there. The option is there. Just looking at it is yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I think that's how a lot of people feel. <laughs> Jeff, I kind of want to give the audience a little context into how I know you. And uh, unfortunately, we just met. Uh, we literally, like, I literally like pulled him. I was in this just middle of an apartment complex. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was bringing was like, my hey, groceries Hey, you want to do in. a podcast with me real quick? He's like, yeah, we'll watch this one. John Cusack, I love him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just had it queued up. <laughs> I uh, was just about to pop it in. Yeah. <laughs> I just came home with a pizza and a video. No, but I know you. We have a mutual friend. Of the friend. Po- yeah, friend of the pod, Maria. She did the Devil Wars Prada episode. Yes. Uh, that's, I guess, my le- a friend of a friend. What um, what uh, do you know specifically off the top of your head? What, what episode number that is? Oh, uh, I would say like six or seven. All right. Six. So go back. So listen, dear viewers, go back to episode six or seven. 
And look for the Devil Wears Prada podcast. You know what? It's going to be my treat to myself at the end of the podcast. I'm going to check and see if I was right. <laughs> six, locking it in right Locking it in, six. You heard it here. <laughs> if uh, it's not six. Um, you hear it here first. And then by the end of the podcast, you might hear later in the uh, after. He's like, oh, oh, I said seven. I yeah. said seven. <laughs> like, I'll just. Like, There'll be some heavy editing. Over the beginning, it'd be like, uh, uh, just you know, casually be like. Seven. <laughs> yeah. uh, Seven. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada starring uh, Maria. Maria Camargo. Camargo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod. I think the first time I was around you, I don't even think you really... We went and attended like a theater piece that you were a part of, yeah, in some fashion. And um, so Maria and I were coworkers at a. Uh, I worked a job at a bookstore. Yes, I'll let you take it. Uh, and uh, on the side, uh, I did some theater things. I, I wrote a play. The play was called "Night of the Tarantula Bears." It's it was an idea I had while watching those sci-fi original movies. That was like the Sharknado. Or the mm-hmm. Oct- Octosquid or what? I don't, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was. I was sitting at home Saturday afternoon. It was probably like uh, uh, some long weekend because they were showing all these like movies back to back. Yeah, yeah. And, Sci-fi is really interesting in that fact. Yeah, and I was probably very drunk. Uh, and <laughs> I thought to myself, if I were to make one of these movies, what two animals would I smash together? And the oh. idea was the tarantula and the bear. I remember the thought being like, like if it was real, like realistic, and it was real thing. Like I think it would be genuinely terrified. Of, yeah, I think I one of my worst fears is snakes. I think it would replace that fear. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, yeah, so we put we put the play up. It was uh, we had. Did you did you see the? Well, you were you were at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had these little plush toys that were where we took the top half of a teddy bear mm-hmm. and sewed it to the bottom half of a plush spider, random spider. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so they were fully realized. Oh, right. And I always kind of hope that someday, because we sold them in the lobby, oh, and, okay. and and it wasn't like you know this is just a tiny little show that ran for two weeks in Dallas. Right. Um, it was, it's an idea. And I honestly, I think it's an idea. I, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, mm-hmm. but who else is going uh, to? Yeah. Honestly. Right. Hey, uh, I'm here to enable that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think it was a fun idea. You know, I probably could have, you know, I, I did run into some woman uh, at a bar. Like uh, this was, Years ago, you saw the show production years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was it was probably just right after the production had closed, and she had some connections in L.A. Oh, uh, and I was kind of sort of half pitching the show to her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you you totally." She's like, "You you wouldn't even have to have like the and I like just the title alone, Tarantula Bear would like sell the you the selling point. yeah yeah be the mm-hmm. sell yeah it's definitely so, a talking point yeah no I um. Yeah, I'll toot your horn for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I that night, I remember just uh, really enjoying it. It was a I, I can't remember. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it was framed as like a um, we were inside like a house with the survivors, and they're trying to like fend off the trash yeah. bears. Right? Am I yeah. correct? In that? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember being really crazy and interjected with comedy as well, yeah. and it was a it was a good time. I had a good night. We uh, we had fun putting it on. We had fun putting it on. 
So, so but yeah, that's where uh, we initially met. Yeah, initially met, and then we uh, continued. You know, y'all were friends, obviously. So that continued on. We went to that friend's uh, bachelorette party, and I, don't, I, I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, we went to Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Oh yes, yes. Where yes. we uh, we stayed in a, ca- a luxury cabin. It was nice. It was very nice. We almost burnt it down. Yes, we did. It was so um, nice. We almost accidentally set it on fire. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, we almost set it on fire uh, <laughs> while trying to cook. Uh, I don't even know what it was. It was some bomb ass barbecue. Oh, was um, it? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was the mm-hmm. bomb ass barbecue. I was. I think I was talking with somebody the other day, but like. Where I was, I I think y'all were all down at the campfire or whatever, yes. or something like that. I was sitting in there in that game room at the bottom, and I I heard a commotion outside, and I turned, and there was just like a ball of flame. I was like, oh <laughs> oh god, I have to do something. <laughs> Luckily, I had pointed out the fire extinguisher to myself. I was like, okay, I know. Like if something <laughs> happens, I'm good. You're always the safety guy, yeah. so I'll always have you over. Yell. I was just passing it by. It no. was if I wouldn't have walked the way I did. Don't sell earlier. yourself short. <laughs> The first thing you did when you came into my apartment were, where's the fire extinguisher? I, I am safe, but I need to know where the fire extinguisher yeah. is. You looked for all the fire exits, <laughs> and you were like, there's this not many, that but window. I can make yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. You knew exactly which way you were going. Of course. In fact, you taught me which way to go in case there was a fire. Uh, yeah, Throw we caution all... to the wind, <laughs> Jeff, please. <laughs> there's a fire. Yeah. Spin for yourself. Right. Follow me Spin or whatever. I don't care. Uh, we, the, the, the back of the cabin was like, uh, there were, there were three back, cause it was a luxury cabin. They mm-hmm. were all facing out towards the, there was like a fire pit kind of area of a chairs congregate, congregated around a giant fire mm-hmm. pit. Mm-hmm. And so we were down at this fire pit looking up at the cabin, slowly roasting, uh, yeah, I've looked up the side of the building, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it got put out, which is really weird. I, I tell everybody this. I think it's definitely they cut off the – it was a propane fire. Like, I guess they turned oh, up yeah. the settings too high. And yeah. It just went from there. But they were trying to pour water on it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like – Again, your fire the, safety. In the, in the moment, panic sets it. It's like with the grease fire. I don't know. I think of like grease fires all the time. Like if somebody yeah. tries to throw water on a grease fire, it just like splashes the fire everywhere. Yeah, don't do ter- it. That is terrifying. Yeah, I always like anytime I like fry anything, I always have the flour nearby so I can fucking toss the whole <laughs> bag on it if I need to. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, that was thank a good you, time. Thank you for uh, coming to fire safety tips. With <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think I'm going to change up the podcast a little bit. I think we're going to move away from Safety the tips with David. Mm-hmm. This is a new segment sponsored yeah, was... by Band-Aid. Mm. Band-Aid. Ooh. That'd be a nice sponsor. Like, yeah. I would really promote them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I cut myself really, quite like, often. <laughs> <laughs> you got Stone Cold Serious there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't see it, audio listeners, but oh my goodness. <laughs> Listen, folks, are you bleeding? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Use Band-Aid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slap it on. David approved. DLW, <laughs> DLW approved. Um, it's David uh, approved. Anyways. Uh, Jeff, how have you been? How have you been these last couple of weeks? Uh, just peachy. Just peachy. Just peachy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to honestly, I have a little, uh, I have a little toothache in the back of my uh, mouth here. Oof. 
And uh, I uh, sometimes it bugs me, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Today it's been a little bothersome. Definitely, I saw the origel here, and I like, yeah, it's, I, I not too just, long ago. I think it was just last year. I got my two of my wisdom teeth removed. I never had them done whenever I was kid. Yeah, like same. Kid. I have, and oof, like. Uh, to, whenever I got them taken out, I still have two problematic ones. They're less so. They just like it caused me so much pain. I was just like, oof, I can't. And they like did the operation. I was like loopy for the next week and a half. <laughs> um, That's kind quick. of where I'm at. Where I'm like, I don't. I have a. Uh, I, I know I'm just gonna die from something stupid. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Same. Yeah, because I don't like going to the doctor at all. Same. And I have this kind of threshold where, like, where's where's the tipping point? Right. And What's going like, okay, to happen? Where I'm going to be like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like if I break a bone or something, of course I'm going to go to the doctor. But you know, right? Little, little, you know, whatever. If I stub my toe and maybe it's broken, I may not go. To the, you know, I don't know if I could walk on it. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pop some uh, Tylenol. Yeah. Pop some Tylenol. You know, I'm not going anywhere. My my company's working from home still, right. and there's uh, no plans to go back anytime soon. So I can hobble around my apartment. That's fine. Nice. Uh, but nice. uh, yeah, the the two the thing, couch to the bed. Yeah, the couch <laughs> to the bed. How hard is that? Right. Not hard occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I can just roll around. I can roll around this place. <laughs> it's not that big. It's a it's a very easy lifestyle. <laughs> Time to move the furniture to the border of the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. But yeah, I've, I'm. Uh, if I go like two days of having to use it, if I if I go like what, another couple of days of having to use the Orgel, mm-hmm. I might finally have to break down and be like, okay, well, let's go see a dentist or yeah, something. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it changed my life. Uh, yeah, I felt like a new man. I think you would too. I yeah, I, it's eventually going to have to. Like I know in my head, it's going to happen at some point. It's just how mentally prepared am I going to get? Like, is is this going to be something that happens in the next two weeks or the next two months? It's right. Gonna, it's, you mm-hmm. know. At some point, the time, the, the you know, time yeah. is running out. Yeah, the clock is ticking. Yeah. I know, and I know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nonetheless, so, <sighs> I'm, happy rough for, times, I'm happy. Rough times. You. I'm happy for you for that feeling you will have. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and my sympathies, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, I guess before we kind of snowball down into the you know the opening segments, I wanted to just say. Um, if you want to support us, just go in, follow our uh, social media pages. So, oh my God, I said that's so weird. Social, social media pages. Social media pages. Yeah, I just served my words there. They all Susie combined into one. It was nice. Shells by the seashore. Barack, Barack, Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, subscribe or, you know, follow the pages, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, that, those are the main two I use. Click like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. I don't think phones do that now. Uh, well, I mean, who's who's going on their PCs or their MacBooks to get on Facebook? Really? Old people never old under, people. never underestimate the old people. Mm. Never underestimate the mm. uh, you know the percentage is going to die down. Like we're yeah, getting better medicine, and <laughs> it's going to shrink. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Jeff, let's get into the first opening segment. Uh, what have you been watching as of late? You know, I saw this on the run sheet, and I was like, I'm going to have to come up with an, like, an answer for this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I tried to watch uh, Mayor of Eastland. 
East. I don't know. It's an HBO show. Fill me in. Uh, well, I couldn't get through the first episode. I was oh, okay. <laughs> I was I was uh, I'm gonna air Mayor of Eastland. It's an HBO show. It's got okay. uh, Kate Winslet in it. Oh, I think okay. she's like a northeastern Boston kind of crime mystery. Everything's gray because it takes place in the in that kind of New England setting. Nice. Uh, and it was just kind of, it was kind of boring <laughs> how I felt. And it's getting rave reviews really? and the season just ended. I think it's like a six episode HBO show mm-hmm. kind of thing. Are you about ready to accept that fact and drop it? Yeah. I don't know. I just, maybe it was the day, maybe it was the toothache. Uh, I don't know. I, I may give it one more shot, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I do keep hearing good things about it and I want to be, you know, one of the cool kids. Oh, obviously you want to yeah. talk about it around the water cooler. Yeah, exactly. The virtual water cooler. The virtual, <laughs> we get on our zoom meetings every day and I want to be there with Diane. Mm-hmm. I you want know. her to virtually hold my hand. Yeah, exactly. I want to be, I'm like, yeah, I did see Mare. I can't believe that happened either. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's funny. Uh, I did watch the Friends reunion. Oh, I can't. You know, I delivered a drive, and when I was leaving the other day, I um, my roommate JT was watching it. And I, I have never been a big Friends fan. Mm-hmm. But I do like certain episodes, and I do like certain characters. Like Channel is my favorite, and so watching that, it I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I uh, here's a little tip for all you listeners. I'm an old person. <laughs> uh, just to just imagine whatever generic old person you want in your in your head. Mm-hmm. But I watched Friends while it was on television. So like as it was airing through the nineties, like uh, I was alive and cognizant enough to realize I was watching Friends. I see. Um, where you went to sit down weekly at yes. the TV and watch it. Okay, it cool. was must see TV for me every Thursday night. Oh, I see. I was in uh, I was in college when it premiered. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was uh, ninety four, ninety five, whatever. I see. Uh, and. Uh, so we would get together, like me and my friends, every Thursday night. We would go down to the, in the dorm rooms. We'd go down to the television room mm-hmm. and like kick everybody else out. Yeah. And then we'd watch Friends. Power together. numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Power numbers. And if if we could, in we would you know huddle in somebody's dorm room and watch it or whatever. Obviously. But uh, yeah, so I I watched the whole I I didn't watch it religiously as the whole thing went through because it was like ten seasons or however right, long it was, right. but. Uh, yeah, so it just it was fun for me to watch because I got to walk down nostalgia lane. It oh, was, totally. Um, a little weird because they all look like they like all the dudes look like they melted or kind of expanded or whatever. <laughs> That's a good fucking point. And uh, I'm just They're like, people get old, you know what happens, you know. <laughs> all the all the all the girls look great, you know, but they all look like they've been slathering on, you know, whatever they whatever it is they to slather on, yeah. The the you know, the lotions and stuff and that's, you know, aging aging Botox. is the thing that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't I don't want to shame anybody. Age shame anybody. Uh- <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a little oh everybody's everybody gets old. It's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt about it. Oh uh, yeah, bringing up some thoughts that maybe we don't want to think about. <laughs> uh, Welcome to your mortality podcast, right? Yeah, brought to you by Band Aid. Right. <laughs>
<laughs> now let's talk about fire state. Let's talk about how you're going to die in a fire. Right. You should have me on every week so we can totally change the podcast. Oh, to yeah. Else. You may have to call into the voicemail and just get, let me know. <laughs> I like week. this idea. Have you pitched? Have you talked about this on the podcast? The voicemail? The voicemail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. regular. Nobody really calls at all. I like, like this. Somebody should call. People should call. I, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think we might get into it, um, here in a second, but yeah, with the voicemails in particular, I'm going to do this thing where, um, just print off like stickers of the logo of the podcast, uh-huh. the podcast artwork. And, you know, anybody who calls, they leave their address. If they want to leave their address, they can, you know, yeah, I'll, whatever. I'll mail one out you know, yeah. for the fan. Thank you for calling. It reminds me of, uh, like public access television. It's like kind of. Oh, yeah. Just kind mm. of, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen on a voicemail. That is true. That yeah. is true. You don't even know. But editing is a hell of a thing, too. No, that's the only <laughs> Tip for tip. Don't let them behind, tip for don't tat. Let them behind the say, curtain. Just, I meant just to say tip think. for tat, but I said tip for tip because yeah. it's like a, it's a, another joke, inside joke. That was weird that I brought that up. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I interrupted. What were you saying? No, I don't. No, no, no. Okay. Nice. Nice. Classic. Uh, me personally, I really haven't watched too much. I, uh, for the longest time, I have been. My younger sister got me into anime. My mm-hmm. younger sisters got me into anime, and I've been watching Naruto progressively, just an episode here and there. Oh and, yeah, uh, it's been the velocity has picked up in these last couple of weeks because it's gotten good. But uh, are I've you watched, just watching them straight through, or yeah, yeah, sequentially. Mm-hmm. I have ebbs and flows with anime because I really hated it whenever I was growing up. My sisters loved it and yeah. just being, you know, uh, diametrically opposed to uh, anything they were, you know, I just hated it. So, but, you know, I've grown to love it. Some, some anime have some really fucked up storylines. So I kind of like it. It's one of like my few kind of like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a nerd person. So I like comics and movies and all that mm-hmm, stuff. But, mm-hmm. It's anime and manga are one of those things that just kind of, it's like one of my black holes of knowledge kind of thing. I just never could get into it. Right. I tried watching Akira when I was a little kid and it was just too messed up for me. It was like. Okay. Yeah. That is a um, thing I had thought about. Akira is on the list and that's uh one of the perceptions I have of it is like it being like really like fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, and I try to get through it and I've tried to like. And I and I hear like the One Punch Man's good. And you should watch this. And then I and I try and I just I can't do it. Mm. And it's and I don't know what it is uh, why because I used to like as a kid I watch like they imported a lot of those shows over. It's like Voltron and Robo Robotech and stuff. Right, all, the animated. Yeah, bit, yeah. Robotech's they're a good just example. Dubbed anime, that. basically, mm-hmm. sort of, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. My uncles used to watch Robotech when we would watch along with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just can't get into. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, definitely, it was like definitely the cliche anime. I don't know things like the you know, waifu or I, yeah. I, don't know, I really don't want to go into it too much, but um, nonetheless, uh, I, I was watching that, and then I also watched that new Zack Snyder Army of the Dead movie on Netflix. Wow. Um. Don't no, don't. It's a, uh, it's okay. It's a nice popcorn movie, but it's just it's. I don't know. Uh, definitely the cliche zombie movie, and it 
oh my god, Batista's in there, you know, fucking hell <laughs> <How> you yeah, <laughs> power bomb somebody, Batista. <laughs> like, there's like a zombie tiger, and I was like, fucking just power bomb the shit out of that tiger, Batista, please. And then, and then I like the movie. <laughs> it unfortunately did not happen. Oh no, no, no power yeah. bombing. Maybe like a bonus features <laughs> deleted scene. In the deleted scenes. Yeah. That'll be the. I the, would waste some CGI money on that. <laughs> we could make it happen. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's see. Have you been watching anything else? Yeah. No, I, I kind of wanted to watch that Army of the Dead, but uh, um, you know, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan. Like, yeah, I know what I'm getting into when I see the movie, so I kind of like let me get into that mindset, and then I can maybe you know, right, and at least you know, I don't want to be harsh and say get through it, but I'll enjoy it or whatever, right. Uh, no, I haven't really been watching too much else. I tried to. Did you ever watch? Um, have you ever seen any of the Aaron Sorkin shows like West Wing or Newsroom or? Uh, I uh, yes, I do. I'm I'm aware of them. I really want to watch West Wing because I heard it's impeccable. I was really into House of Cards, and mm-hmm. I just like the political. I don't know, back and forth, like yeah. so, like lobbying and shit like that, and it's like a game of a complex, like yeah. three tiered chess, and it's it's fun. House, so. House of Cards is like the evil version of the West Wing, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So the West Wing is pretty tame. It's very, it's yeah, it's network television tame. Whereas House of Cards was on cable or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. but also it was it was a different time. It was the it was that is true. Yeah, so. It's it's much more upbeat. They're not the 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 people in the White House aren't villains. They're not these kind of right yeah, horrible kind of, horrible people. Like nobody's really a horrible horrible person right. in the West Wing. Hey, you gotta have some type of conflict. I'm sure there was just the minor quandaries or whatever. Yeah, and, you know. I've been going back and watching some of the old Aaron Sorkin stuff that lately. Nice, nice. Yeah, cool. I I, I think I should. I think I. I definitely have a few of those on there. It's a, like you've mentioned quite a few now that I'm like, I think that's on the list. I think that's on the list. I need to like add that. <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's a few good men. A few good men. Right. Luckily, I don't. I can't type that fast on my phone, so uh, I guess we're stuck here. <laughs> um, so I guess I really don't have too much more before we jump into it. Uh, there's no podcast updates, but I do want to reiterate the fact that you know there we do have a voicemail. So if you uh, watch some of our older episodes and you you like them or you hate them you know uh, i talked to a lot of uh, audience members and they you know they don't watch them sequentially it's call like, it and give your they, recipes they, they uh, ooh, good idea like no no I, i'll get fatter don't don't that's a, that's a bad bad throw, road throw it open like you don't even have to if you have opinions of the show great share them if you have movie tips if you have movies you're suggesting, go for it. If you have recipes. Ooh, you know what I was thinking? I was what's like, your, maybe, what's your favorite movie what's your snack? Go-to? Yeah, I was about to say, what's your go-to movie combo? Yeah. Like, whenever you go to the movies, like, are you getting like a, a Coke or whatever, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. Blow, the, blow the doors open on this one, folks. Mm-hmm. Readers, listeners. I may, I may do prompts. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good idea. This week we're discussing, I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. Maybe I, I like ran, choose I totally ran out of juice. Ah, uh, yeah, no, no, the brain, the gears are turning. Um, nonetheless, yeah, uh, call the voicemail, leave your address. I'll I'll send you a sticker. Um, Jeff, let's jump into Gross Point West. Gross Point Blank. Go, uh, <laughs> I, so close. I was like West Side Story. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird <laughs> how my brain works. Gross Point Blank. 
Ghost Point Blank, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1990, what is it, seven? 1997. Yeah. 1997 movie, John Cusack, Mini mm-hmm. Driver, directed by George Armitage. Uh, it's a movie, I seem to remember, I watched it, I want to say I watched it when it was in the theaters, when it first came out. Oh, okay. Um, and then, uh, it was, it instantly became just this movie where I'm just like, oh, I love this movie. This movie is very mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. You remember have, sitting in a theater for this one? I've, I'm, I'm 98%, your memory gets fuzzy, but you know, I'm 98% sure I saw this in the theater. I see. Nice. Pretty sure. Pretty certain. Uh, I love looking back and like forgetting about movies you have seen in the theaters and you're like, oh, I want, yeah. It's yeah, it's lot. kind of weird which movies you're in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did see that in the theater. I don't, you know, I fell asleep during that, during the hmm. theater. Same. Yeah. Uh, I saw Hard Target in the theater. You know, now now your listeners know that too. I've never seen it's Jean-Claude Van I think it's Jean-Claude I don't know anyway it's I, not I, a good miss, movie I mixed up Jean-Claude Van Damme I oh maybe Christian a... Slater I don't know anyway so I saw Name Ghost drop. Point Blank <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have really... it on DVD uh, it's one of those movies that used to come on like HBO on occasion uh-huh, uh-huh. but it's it's a movie that I feel has slipped through the cracks when people like are like they go back and like you know what are these old movies you know I haven't seen or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I I always try to get people to watch this one I see yeah. I see yeah whenever I reached out to you uh, what was the other one that you had sneakers sneakers, sneakers uh, that, I I watched that trailer as well that one looked really good as well yeah um but yeah no I John Cusack uh very interesting I so you've definitely seen the movie before but I guess I want to dig in. You kind of just explained it. Yeah, like it, you said, it's a not. I had never heard of this movie before. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, I know the actor, like almost each and every one of the actors that are in it. Maybe besides Minnie Driver, I didn't know anything yeah. about her. Um, but, but Dan, Ac- yeah, Dan Aykroyd's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, and uh, there's just like a whole bunch of like there's a there's a bunch of character actors that you would probably recognize if you saw them. You may not know their names, mm-hmm. but there's they're they're all in there. It's uh, John Cusack, and it's one of John Cusack's kind of like his middle movies, I guess, to the beginning of his middle kind of movies because he was a kid actor. Oh, was he? Okay, well, not, a, not, not a kid, kid actor, but he was like teenage. Actor. He was a teenage actor, so he I was did not in, know that. Yeah, so he was in from Say what? Anything. Do you know from what? Yeah, so Say Anything and oh, okay. Better Off Dead are when he was like he played like these high school uh, about to gra- uh, Say Anything is he, he was like a senior in high school about to graduate into college. Oh. Uh, I think the same thing was for uh, uh, Better Off Dead. There's a there's like a whole kind of like. Three or four or five of them. Oh, okay. Where he's kind of like late teens, early, early, like almost going to college, kind of high school. I see. I see. Character, and he always kind of plays the lovable loser kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He had that repertoire that kind of yeah. That this was this one of. Do you know if this is like one of his first? You said. Well, this is. Well, I think what was interesting about this movie was mm-hmm. so because he played that character that was like lovable loser almost out of high school kind of thing it was interesting to see him in this role as him coming back to high school so if you were somebody who knew john cusack as before as somebody who was always in all these kind of like teenager kind of like coming of agey kind of comedy movies Mm -hmm. then this was for us i guess right seeing this come out 
it was like this is the second part of that you know that one any one of those characters could have been like this guy you know kind of thing yeah it's crazy that you have that context and i don't yeah uh, so yeah that's awesome yeah it's yeah cause i i enjoy watching movies with people who are not my age who are younger mm-hmm, like, because i can see you know things from a different perspective mm-hmm. kind of thing but yeah. then you also get your own like, yeah like yeah. uh i guess less less about the celebrities or you know the people involved but more about the content i guess maybe. yeah yeah well just then you just see things differently as you come at them from different places right exactly uh yeah so like i said i i you know, didn't even know this movie existed. This is you know, when you reached out. That was, or when I reached out, that was the first time I ever heard of it. That and sneakers. <laughs> so, but I though that's the case. Um, not hearing about it, I have heard in many other pieces of media the uh, story of like the high school reunion. It's like centered around going to going back to your high school reunion. Yeah. Be, you know, and this one, it's like ten years. But yeah. Uh, there's like Romy and Michelle. Mm. This high school is reunion, and th- yeah, there's it is kind of a trope, but I think it's one of those. Oh, definitely trope. Uh, it's one of those one of those tropes that you, because it's a, it, it could be a major. You know, you have so the let me start this thought all over again. <laughs> it's okay. You have uh, your midlife crisis, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of thing. Right. But really, that's that's a fall. That's a fallacy. It starts at about twenty five, and it never goes away. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have this like I quarter life crisis, and your quarter life crisis just kind of bleeds into your midlife crisis. Uh, so, I think that the, you're kind of your late twenties, like when you're pushing thirty. That's kind of when you first start freaking out, and you need to kind of reflect on, you know, what happens next. Where do you go? So I think mm-hmm. that's that's why there's the high school reunion trope because in your life it's your oh. first time you have kind of broken away and you have to reflect like you have to compare yourself right. to where you once were. Right. Yeah, you have some type of it's hard whenever you're a kid to visualize like oh, I was your kid, look where I'm at now. Yeah, you know? exactly. If it is, it's very egocentric. It'd be like, oh, yeah, fucking, you know. Like, oh, yeah, I, I never that. thought about my future at all. Like, <laughs> I still don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lesson that I've never learned. I'm very much in the moment at all times. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have, you know, I think about, like, goals and stuff like that. But I just, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that could visualize. So I don't think a lot of people that are, like, 17, 18, think about what their life is going to be like when they're. 27 28 until they get there until they get there and then now they're forced to look back at all these people that you used to go to high school with that you know are they successful are you more successful than them does that matter you know what is you know i know it's crazy it's funny it's very pertinent because i'm 28 yeah yeah (laughs) or not 28 uh, 27 excuse me yeah so So, yeah and you had mentioned that your your reunion was coming up coming you're like yeah i don't want to go and i didn't go to mine Nice. Yeah. So I, I haven't gone to any of them, and I thought several, <laughs> several of them that have passed. Yeah. Yeah. How do those like even those invitations even get sent out? How do they get my email? <laughs> they have it from your. It's the uh, the the people that did like the the class president, all the all the class. Oh, I see. Class president, class treasurer, like all those people. Mm-hmm. Like they, at least, this is how it was in I because my my best friend from high school. Mm-hmm. Was like the class, the senior class treasurers. I don't remember what he I was. See. I see. But our ten year anniversary came around. He had to help look up emails and stuff for everybody to kind of like mm-hmm. 
track these people down to get them. To, I mean, Facebook has made all this stuff easier, but bail. I would bail <laughs> so yeah. hard to be like, no, oh, yeah. I didn't go to. I didn't go to. I think you I, pay me for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the treasury? What's the treasury for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lord. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'd run. I guess. Said, Why didn't you run out of that? He said, well, I felt whatever. So um, I would not have. Yeah. So before we jump into the plot, I guess I want to like uh, spend a little bit more time on two. Uh, John Cusack. I was telling you before um, that I only really knew him from one thing, and that was Hot Tub Time Machine. And that's uh, I, you know, I, I, have you seen it? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, John Cusack. It's another like comedy esque movie, and yeah. so which is kind of why I maybe whenever I first started watching it, I I don't think I picked it up on much whenever I watched the trailer for the movie. But whenever I started to watch the movie proper, I like noticed hints of that character in from Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. I'm seeing like inklings of that and I'm like, okay, okay, I can I can get into it, you know. He kind of plays this I don't even know what it is. It's it's a kinda charming kind of off-putting kind of <laughs> awkward it's like this weird mix of stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. you just kind of like you're like i guess it's pleasant enough he's kind of you know bearable he's, yeah he's bearable like you kind of you kind of feel like i kind of feel like i would like enjoy having a conversation for about 45 minutes with john cusack and then that would you're be pu- about- i thought you were pushing it with the 45 i was like i want to give him 20 <laughs> i want to give him 20 minutes and then i, I think we'll it'd be about it from there <laughs> yeah yeah we'll go we'll, 10 minute until, increments. yeah exactly <laughs> we'll see how you go from then right uh yeah i could probably give him a good 45 and then i'd be like okay well you know nice but, and you. it would be it would be a i feel like it would be worthy 45 and then mm-hmm. i'm out you know, right? I'm kind of wash my hands of yeah. it. Yeah, but he's not. Don't unlike- you John Cusack? Yeah, <laughs> he's not unlikable. He's kind of like a proto. I don't even want to say it. Like Ryan Ryan Reynolds. He's kind of sarcastic, mm-hmm. but not okay. Yeah, you know, I, I can see. I can see where you're coming from. With yeah, him. he's yeah, you know, he's very dry. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he's the one of the main characters in that Hot Tub Time Machine movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like a combo. Like it was like, and I seem to remember that also being a play on him being like a teenage. Like at one point, oh. he was. I I think. Uh, yeah, I don't you're know. right. You're right because that's yeah, time machine. They go back in time. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, and I yeah, I feel like that movie kind of played on him being like that kind of high schooly. John Cusack have like um, contract with like the time gods. Like any movie talked <laughs> yeah. about time, time reversal. He's in on it. Oh Lord. Uh, the other one I want to move on to is, which kind of actually moves into the plot because, uh, let me start with the plot. So it starts off, the movie starts off with John Cusack and he, um, you know, typical old, you know, pan of what, do you know what city they started out in? Uh, I don't remember, mm, but I guess like, it was like you Chicago know, it was nice. or something. Yeah. I know. It was definitely some scenery. Like I so generic, you know, yeah. unfortunately it was less so about that, but. Detroit was more of the main location for the movie. John Cusack, uh, uh, but before that, he, you know, was like tracking down this dude on, you had no context, but like this cat kid was riding a motorbike down the middle of the street. And yeah, John Cusack, very, uh, I don't necessarily, I, I think maybe I'll use it egotistically, uh, yeah. like just fucking with his gun and like getting prepared or whatever. And then he's like, on the phone, he's on the phone with his, uh, receptionist. 
more or less his mm-hmm. his uh, handler as handler. I, I think that's the verb I used. Yeah, or so, noun is whatever. Yeah, so John Cusack is uh, he's slowly putting together this gun, this rifle in a hotel room, and he's on his like his whatever an early uh, like a uh, earpiece headphones he's like on a yeah. full-on headset actually that's what it is yeah i uh, was talking a- on a cell phone and, and a, a mid-90s cell phone that was like this big block kind of thing yeah i think uh, later in the movie he's like laying down in bed and he like puts on the headset i'm like that is so awful it looks like one of those <laughs> like, time life headsets that's kind of like you call into a call center and it's yes like, yes yeah that's what, that was exactly the vibes mm-hmm. i was getting from that yeah that's uh-huh. what it that's what it is or an old school kind of like almost walkman kind of headpiece mm-hmm. and so yeah like he's being you know cocky about it and you know like same out one window and then he moves back and he, he shoots out the other one and kills him and yeah uh I guess he, the original intent of that motorbike, I guess, was to go and assassinate this one guy. A, a group of guys that coincidentally look very like 70s esque. Like they got on the chaps, the, the, the like the tan, you know, vest. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is odd. You have a really big mustache, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, John Cusack, I guess saves. I guess that was the intention of it. Yeah. So John Cusack basically play, he plays a hitman. Now, uh, he, yeah, I guess prof- we should throw that in there. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a professional killer, not a hitman. I guess I don't I don't know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. I think he corrects throughout the movie. He's like, no, I'm a, a professional professional killer. Yeah, yeah, professional killer. Yeah, I think that's what he says. He's a professional killer who's been invited to his ten year high school reunion. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. And he gets a job to assassinate somebody in the same town that his high school reunion is in. Mm-hmm. So he's Plus like a gross point. Gross point. And yeah, gross point. Uh, oh, it's just gross point. Just okay. gross, yeah, gross point, Michigan, which is like a suburb of Detroit. It's a mm-hmm. very well to do suburb of Detroit, I, I believe. Uh, I know it's a very well to do city. A little, you mentioned so, that in yeah. the middle, yeah. So he's supposed to go back to – he doesn't want to go because he had broken up with his high school girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like dumped her on the prom. He didn't even dumped her. He ghosted her. Ghosted Yeah, straight ghosted. Straight before ghosted he even became a, a dictionary in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long before ghosting was a John thing. John Cusack really, really <laughs> pulling it through for us. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. started the term. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, stood her up for prom and then never showed up anywhere. Like mm-hmm. he just straight up bolted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's he's returning home as as a professional killer to kind of deal with his past. Yeah. But the you, when the movie opens, you don't know any of this stuff. Not at all. So you're just watching John Cusack building a gun, like putting the silencer on and looking at the scope and made conversation. Yeah, he's having a conversation with his with Joan Cusack, who's his sister in real life, mm-hmm. who plays like his receptionist or handler or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's reading him his mail and all the going over all the inventory for the bullets and stuff that they have for it's their. It's like a mundane administrative work <laughs> yeah, while he's about to very, kill somebody. Yeah, a very yeah, a very. I think that really sets the tone for the movie. Yeah, exactly. And he's and he's just very nonchalantly building this gun, and then you know he tells her to hold on, and he pops two in the the. He's supposed to be protecting somebody's coming out of this hotel. And they're trying to get into this car, and then this bicyclist is supposed to be the hitman that is going to kill the person coming out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. John Cusack kill, kills the biker, right? The hitman that's supposed to kill the person coming out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get our introduction to Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, he, like John Cusack, like wraps it up, turns his back, uh, yeah. kind of. And then Dan Aykroyd comes out from behind. I guess he was like a, a, he was, know, he was door, playing, a doorman, I guess, for the, yeah. that hotel they were in. Yeah. And just disguised, then he like shot them all down. Yeah, and, he, sh- yeah. he shoots all the people. John Cusack is up in, in a hotel room, like across the street. Vantage point. Yeah, from a, from a high vantage point, looking down at the hotel entrance. And Dan Aykroyd is down at the hotel entrance where he kills the all the people. Anyway, yeah, John Cusack's like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's how we kind of get our introduction to the at the very beginning of the movie that John Cusack is one our main character into a professional killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, like uh, Dan, I, you can tell it was uh, weird because I had mentioned it before. Like I didn't. When I came over, I was like, I don't know how Dan Aykroyd fits in this whole thing. <laughs> they give nothing away in that trailer. Uh, and then, like, I I was like, oh, he's a killer. And then, yeah. but I was like, okay, he's a rival killer. And this was, like, in the first couple, like, a minute or two of the movie. I was like, okay, he's a rival killer. And then, like, literally, I think it was the, if not the scene after, the scene after that, where, like, Dan Aykroyd's character, like, like whips a bitch, like, right in front of John Cusack. And he's like, yo. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> like, and he's like hesitant of like shaking his hand because he thinks he's gonna kill him or whatever. They have like a, a f- uh, I don't, a friendly rivalry or something like that. I yeah, think that's maybe the the thing I want to say. Dan Aykroyd is trying to start a, a professional killers union, union, basically. Right. So he wants everybody to join his union. He wants to start this group of professional killers that are all that all become contract killers under this one banner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And John Cusack does not want to join the union of professional killers. Mm-hmm. And Dan Aykroyd's, and it's kind of one of those you're either joining. It's like the mafia: you either join us or you die, kind of thing. Right? Yeah. So Dan it felt Ay- that way definitely. Like, yeah. Dan Aykroyd's character was definitely off the rails. I feel like uh, yeah. he he definitely at least whenever he flipped. You know, God, they always ran John Cusack over. Kind of like that proceeding after. It was weird. It was so odd. He was just like um, trying to be his friend, but like, hey, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like joking about it. Like one day, one day. And uh, so I thought that was a. Uh, it's funny because uh, to be honest, I I said it before. I don't really like Dan Aykroyd really much. I can see uh, where he's an acquired taste. And yeah, Ghostbusters is just not my. Groove. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't even know why. I can't even think of it right off the top of my head. But never been a big fan of Dan Aykroyd. But yeah. um, still, still funny in this movie. Like uh, he was funny at first, and then I found him towards the end of the movie to be a little less. Yeah, you, you one integral to the plot, and then two, um, throwing those one-liners out like he did at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You probably like a little, just a little Dan Aykroyd. Little yeah, Dan yeah. goes a little long t- way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess from there, uh, John Cusack kind of has like a botched job after um, you mentioned it, the handler, Joan. I'm just going to yeah. call her Joan Cusack. Joan. Uh, Joan Cusack. She uh, like mentions the reunion. It like flusters him and, uh, you know, he fucks yeah, up he- on it. He botches a job, like a, of a killing or whatever. And, like, I think he's like up in the air duct and it like the poison gets on like the side of his lip or whatever and it's not successful apparently that's from a a, i haven't seen all the james bond movies but that's from a james bond movie Hmm. that kind of thing he's john cusack is again trying to assassinate somebody and the somebody is in a a hotel room sleeping 
John Cusack is in the hotel room above his, and he drills down through the floor mm-hmm. while the guy's sleeping. He's trying to poison him by pushing poison down a tiny rope into his mouth. Yeah, it was really odd contraption uh, he had going on. Yeah, it's it like was, a syringe, but it was going down a string, like going yeah, down slowly just, just or whatever. Poison. And as the guy was sleeping, like, facing upward with his <laughs> mouth open, the the poison was supposed to drip in his mouth, but he wakes up. Yeah, he like turns over or whatever. Yeah, and then John Cusack has to yeah, instead of poisoning him in his sleep, which was what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he has to run downstairs and then actually assassinate the guy by shooting him. Once in the chest, yeah. twice in the head. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you mentioned the 007 thing because I, it's at that moment that I mentioned. I was like, "Oh my god, is <laughs> yeah, <he just laughs> okay, said, James Bond." <laughs> like just because the the silencer sounded exactly like a how it how it would in any James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the soundtrack, yeah, it was kind of very doom doom doom. Yeah, yeah it was very reminiscent. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, botches this job, and um, I think. Maybe I'm mixing up a few parts, but that's like the handlers like reinvigorates his it like mentions the reunion once more. He's like, I think you need to do it. You, need to, you know. Well, because he botches the job, oh. he has to take his next job. Mm. So he's so he's so this is like two jobs in a row that he's kind of mutzed up. So he's supposed to kill the one guy. He kills the one guy on the bicycle, but the person that was supposed to live still gets assassinated because mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd kills him. And then the next job he comes around, he was supposed to poison the guy, but he has to kill them. So he's he's got two kind of botched jobs. Mm-hmm. And because of that, his third job is he has to take this. He has to go kill this guy in Gross Point. Mm-hmm. That's right. all. That's all he knows. That the, this new job is in Gross Point. Didn't even. He was given a dossier, but yeah, he was, he given was a like really caught up in. He didn't want to do it because it was going to be that it was it was one week he had one week to prepare mm-hmm. and it was on the same weekend as his high school reunion right and so he got he, convinced to go at, at one yeah. point I can't remember when that happened exactly but he was kind of forced to go and so he he, he takes off and this is also where we learn uh, because he's been having uh, issues with his job for a while now mm-hmm. and killing and stuff but he's. He doesn't know why, so he's been going to a therapist played by Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and great, great character in this movie. Yeah, Alan Arkin is amazing. This is where I fell in love with Alan Arkin as a, as an actor. I see. And uh, Alan Arkin does not want to be John Cusack's therapist because John Cusack is a professional killer. <laughs> and so he, he, like, they have this very interesting back and forth when they're in their sessions. Uh-huh. Uh, because Alan Arkin's like, you're not my patient. I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. And then John Cusack just keeps barreling through with the session. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, he mentioned it was like the fourth session and he like, he had, I guess he, uh, the therapist, he had like, um, feelings like he was yeah, into yeah, yeah. no good. And then the fourth session, he, uh, casually mentioned stabbing the, I think it was Venezuelan president in the <laughs> neck with a fork or something. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, I killed him. <laughs> he's like, you just told me that you killed that man. And he's like, I don't feel safe. Like, <laughs> yeah. He goes, I don't quite feel opposite safe of how I feel <laughs> in this house. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I like the, I like the little, yeah, they have a great back and back forth. and forth. Yeah. Great. And, uh, Alan Arkin, event, he convinces John Cusack to go. He's like, go, go to your high school reunion, clear your mind. Don't kill anybody. There's that great line. He's like, John Cusack goes, I'll give it a shot. He goes, no, don't shoot anything. Don't stay, <laughs> stay away from guns. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a uh, good line. And, um, and so John Cusack goes back to his hometown. Yeah, sure does. Continuing on. Yeah, that's where it like transitions into like they go to Detroit, 
the yes majority of the the rest of the movie, I'd say. Um, and uh, there was one uh, one funny thing I noticed uh, whenever it was like in this part is uh, I think it shows Mini Driver's character like like two f- like inches away from her microphone, and it just being like the microphone and then her lips uh, mm-hmm. like some type of lipstick. But I think I mentioned it briefly. But it, it, there's a radio format called Quiet Storm. Uh, are you? So um, it was popularized popularized back in the '70s, around when like the Black Panther mm-hmm. uh, movement was going on. It was like an underground radio. Uh, but it, that was one thing that was really. Um, I guess the characteristic of it is that they would lower their voice and they get real close. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're here to play the smooth jams. Yeah, the, it's funny because I, I kind of I like the inspiration of them, <laughs> just like being want to drone out. It kind of reminds me of like college radio stations or like yeah, yeah, jazz radio stations. Yeah, of, yeah. very, very reminiscent. So, yeah, uh, it's fun. I, I, it's funny. I know that <laughs> one little piece of uh, thing. Yeah, so Minnie Driver's character is Minnie Driver plays the girl that John Cusack stood up. I I, I can't like I wish I could remember all the characters' names. So I could mm-hmm, just instead mm-hmm. of just referring to their actors' names, but um, Debbie, Debbie. So Debbie is now a host at the local radio station, and this is like super local, like public access radio station kind of thing. Uh, that she works very grassroots, at. very grassroots. She's working at a storefront in kind of a uh, old town strip mall kind of area. Uh, it looks very nice because it's it's Gross Point. It's very yeah. It looks like a, a shopping center. Like yeah, it's the like storefront a, of a shopping center full of antique and there's like a bunch of craft shops around them and stuff. There's mm-hmm. like a bunch of stamp stores. I was looking at the oh yeah, background. it was too yeah. Uh, but she runs this little art. I don't know. She she's a DJ at one of these little radio stations. And she's playing an all '80s weekend kind of thing, and the the you, I know you wrote it in your notes, but the soundtrack on this movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I feel like I was tapping my feet. Yeah, it's a it's, it feels like an early, uh, you know, one of those movies that just like really like it it predates the what do they call the needle drop movies like. Suicide. I don't know if you ever saw Suicide Squad, where it was kind of like a, a song every other scene kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it it kind of predates that because that's a trend in movies now. Mm-hmm. But it, the mm-hmm. the songs feel good, like they they feel like they're they Appropriate add to for, the yeah, scene kind of very as opposed to just being a cool song in a yeah, scene. very supplemental. Yeah, I was reading in the Wikipedia thing that it was like a primarily primarily like uh, 1980s alternative. Yeah, it's a lot of um, yeah, it's a lot of that so alternative. And she kind of has that. You and I were talking. Mini uh, Debbie is kind of the proto, or I called her kind of the proto uh, uh, manic pixie girl, I guess, dream girl, but not to the extent that where you see like Natalie Portman play those kind of roles or or, or Zoe Deschanel, because I think that that Mini Driver has a lot of her own, definitely her own animus and her own. Mm-hmm. Like she's oh. not there for John Cusack at all. I love that vocab word. But she, but she definitely plays that role of she's kind of weird and quirky, and she loves old music, and you know she's cool. Mm-hmm. She's a cool, beautiful chick, you know, right? Kind right. of thing. So 
I think more so with I you know I know this was made in ninety seven but like I think of like eighties movies that have the very cliche it's very cookie cutter when it comes to like I think of um uh, what's the dude who made the Breakfast Club the director John Hughes yeah John Hughes yeah like uh, you know Ferris Bueller like things like that uh, his movies in particular like very I think with the eighties after those had come out they become I think Sixteen Candles I've never seen that but mm-hmm. I've like it's not the one with the boombox above the head that's say anything ah that's yes. John that's John Cusack. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I imagine these like cookie cutter, you know, um, things, but she does it different in this movie. Minnie Driver does. Um, yeah. She, she, she brings, I feel it was like definitely, I felt whenever I was watching this, I was like, if I didn't know what year it was made, I would assume eighties, like late eighties. It does have a very eighties um, feel to it. But, it was but of course it's late nineties. Uh, yeah. You know, so it, it was, it was an interesting vibe. Uh, so that's why the parallel came up of like the, the eighties actors and yeah. mini driver just bringing something, the little special sauce, you know, to the, to the role. So yeah, definitely. She's more than, more than Molly Ringwald. Take that Molly Ringwald. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have a weird name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, where we go from there. So yeah. here's where we also learn. So at this point, yeah, he's, he's traveled back home and he also has taken this job to assassinate this person that he does not know yet. Now, Dan Aykroyd's character has also had an open contract that he had started to work on to assassinate the same person in gross point. Right. And these people that want this person assassinated, the shadow organization or whatever, that's not really a part of the movie. But Mm -mm. they cancel their contract with Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd gets very upset. And he realizes that Martin Blank, John Cusack's character, has stolen the job from him. Right. And at this point, Dan Aykroyd calls uh, the NSA, the U.S. government, Mm -hmm. and he says, hey, look, I know where this professional killer is. He's getting a gross point. He's going to be trying to assassinate this guy. Right. And he tells – he basically tells the government, you should let him assassinate the guy, and then you move in and arrest him or kill him. He says kill him, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as soon as Martin Blank gets back into into town Mm – and he's kind of like trying to look up his old haunts. We find out that there are two NSA agents that are also tailing him. Mm-hmm. So now he's mm-hmm. got at, at some, you know, he's got these two NSA agents that are following him, and and, and they got Dan really, Aykroyd himself. And yeah. Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. is kind of coming coming in, and yeah. And then there's a th- another party that we'll find out here in a second that is also also tailing mm-hmm. John Cusack. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But John Cusack gets back into town and immediately starts. He 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 first goes and he talks to Minnie Driver and they have this interaction, their first reu- reunification, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. as it were. Yeah. Uh, one point I do want to bring up is like I I think I mentioned it really briefly there, earlier, but like I I knew nothing of Minnie Driver and I thought she really stood out as a standout role in the movie. So yeah. I, I, I appreciate it for that. Um, as, as well as the, I don't know. I like her job. Uh, just like, you know, being a radio. Yeah. It's a cool person. Job. And I, it was, I, you know, being, I started the podcast, you know, I, everybody has their own, like, uh, not heroes, I would say, but inspirations, I guess. And mm-hmm. I like, I pull from certain radio hosts that I used to just listen to before Bluetooth became a thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, nonetheless, I, I enjoyed seeing that, her, yeah. her character doing that. So, 
anyways um i guess yeah like you said from there like junkies that kind of like um kind of maybe gets readjusted uh to his i guess high school life <laughs> it's i guess that's a weird sentence to say it's odd um and i think it's in that moment that dan Aykroyd comes in and he gives him the the hint about the uh, the third party um assassin that came in i think has something to do with the dog um yeah they kind of hint early so John Cusack had taken a, a job earlier in the they, they call it the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. They just they keep referencing the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and a dog named Boudreaux. And uh, Dan Aykroyd kind of hints at it very early on in the movie. As John Cusack, uh, he has that first interaction with uh, Minnie Driver, mm-hmm. and she immediately puts him on the on the radio, live radio. Oh yeah, that was fun. And uh, starts questioning him, like, "What happened to you? Where did you go?" Because again, she he stood her up on prom night and then ghosted, like he disappeared, vanished. Right. And this is the first time that, and they were a very hot and heavy couple, kind of thing. You could. Oh, you could tell because that's the first thing they did. They like walked up and like looked at each other and yeah. they were like, ah, oh, smooch, smooch, smooch. Oh, yeah, they definitely had chemistry together. Definitely. Like they had this kind of like hot, kind of like we can't keep our hands off each other mm-hmm. kindness to the, to the roles. Yeah. Uh, but then also she was just like, you know, where have you, you, where have you been it. for 10 years right. kind of thing? Exactly. So she puts him on the air and uh, he tries to kind of half explain what happens but he also is you know a professional killer <laughs> he's trying to yeah, yeah not say anything conceal that that side of him you know uh she made it really hard <laughs> yeah so he kind of gets embarrassed and is is walks out like he not mm-hmm. angrily but he kind of you know he, he leaves. it's just like i'm not gonna be a part of this like okay, yeah we'll talk in a minute yeah know? he pieces out and that's when he runs into his best friend from high school played by jeremy piven Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cusack and Jeremy Piven are friends in real life. They they're wow. in a lot of the same movies together. Like, oh, I I, just like John Cusack and his sisters are very close. Mm-hmm. Like, so in in a lot of those early John Cusack movies, like Say Anything, both Joan is in that. Well, as well as some of his other sisters, and Jeremy Piven is in that. Jeremy mm-hmm. Piven's in a lot of these movies that that John Cusack is in. Oh, I see. Just um, like, tags him along for the yeah. Movie. They're just like I'm making a movie. I'm making a movie with my buddy, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But he runs into Jeremy Piven, who was his friend in high school, who is, and Jeremy Piven now is a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Piven just like, come in there, you know, he starts driving him around town to, you know, mm-hmm. to reminisce of the old times. Yeah. To, I guess, delay the, uh, the people who were tailing him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just get him off their tailor. That's funny. The people who were tailing them get him off John Cusack's tail. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's like, oh, this, uh, there's one thing I want to say about Jeremy Piven. I just like his character whenever he was like sitting in the car and he was smoking that joint and just I can't remember exactly what they were talking about, but just just like really obnoxious. I would I would hate being in a car with the, in that situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's kind like, of a ten years like out of nowhere, just like <laughs> screams. I'm like, okay. We are adults. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I am. We're about to have our, our ten year reunion. I'm like twenty eight. Like, please don't <laughs> yell in my ear, you freaking asshole. <laughs> Calm down. I'll explain. Yeah, exactly. 
And that's kind of a running bit in the in the movie is that he tells everybody exactly what he does and nobody believes him. Mm-hmm. And he's so like they'll they'll say, Where what do you do? And he's like, I'm a professional killer. And they're like, Oh, do you get dental with that? You know, yeah. they'll, they'll all make <laughs> jokes about it. That one. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. So uh, I forget somebody he asked if they if they got dental and he's like, No. I think Minnie Driver asked if he has dental. Mm-hmm. Uh Jeremy Piven asked if there was a union. He said he goes, No. Uh, <laughs> later when we met Minnie Driver's dad, he, he asked if it's a he says it's a growth industry. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that one. That one was funny. And uh yeah, so nobody believes him when he and he's very he just he goes, Yeah, I'm a professional killer. Mm-hmm. And uh the the movie kind of goes through him like being reacquainted with his his hometown, I guess. With his friends, with his, his love friends. Interest. He tries um, to go home. His home's been turned into a mini mart, mm-hmm. uh, which he, becomes the scene of a shootout. Um, yeah, after uh, that, I was mentioning that another assassin gets hired and like catches him off guard. And yeah, so what happens mart. is he well, as he's, we find out more about his childhood. So like his mm-hmm. mom, his dad was an alcoholic who apparently died about. Uh, I tried to look at the dates on the tombstone, but it was like right around the time he graduated high school. Yeah. yeah. Or right before. Um, his mom, he, he tries to go visit his mom. His mom had been taking lithium pills, so she's out of her mind. Like Cobra. she's like full on dementia kind mm-hmm. of almost. Breaking open them batteries. Yeah. Can't stay away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's like in a home. And he and he had been sending her checks, and somebody had stolen money from. Or, you know, they never really get into that. Mm-hmm. But he did not. You know, she's she's now in this mental, like old folks' home kind of place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, almost been institutionalized, and he had the his childhood home is now a mini mart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it He's really kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part whenever he like pops out for there was no context just like at the beginning of the movie like he pops out the car it's just like blaring this one cool <laughs> song I can't remember what it, but it was heavier and yeah um he looked disoriented he like walked towards I was playing Live and Let Die by Guns oh, N' Roses Guns N' Roses yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Let Die uh, that Paul McCartney yeah yeah um he um <laughs> Walks into the store, like, it's funny because it was, like, really loud outside, like, in his head or something, and then he walked in the store and, like, went dull with the live and let die, and I was like, I, I, that's funny, I like that. <laughs> it turns out that, you know, that Mini Mart was his childhood. Was his house. Yeah. yeah, this movie does a lot of getting ahead of the viewer, where people, like, the characters are reacting to something that you, as the viewer, don't know what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. So all you see in the movie is John Cusack pull up to this Mini Mart and look like he's losing it. Like his his face is like, what is he like? He looks so confused by this mm-hmm. mini mart, right? And it's not until and he goes in and he right off the bat just berates the this kid that's working behind the it counter. breaks his soul down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's like, how long have you been working here? Where? How long? What? What are you doing here? And mm-hmm. the kid's like, my shift started at three. I don't. I've been only working here for a couple of months, kind of thing. Right. And yeah. he's like, kind of freaked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. We as an audience don't have any context. I, you know, I think without that context, it makes it a little funnier. Definitely, yeah. But, um, I was definitely confused in the moment. I was like, why is he being such an asshole to this kid? <laughs> like all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know he's a killer, but shit. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, the movie f- fills you in a couple of minutes later because he's calling his. A therapist on his phone that John Cusack calling the therapist on his phone and he's like my house has been turned into a mini mart but I think it's one of the I think the whole thing is to kind of like 
unmoor that character from his past, kind of like like he comes from nowhere now. Like he has no like his he has no home to go to. He has no you know like his dad's dead. His mom's you know mm-hmm. in a in a psych ward somewhere. So he has like it's kind of weird as you get older, um, and you find out like you can't you can't go home again, kind of mm-hmm. thing. There's like there's a kind of and the movie does a good job of being like, no, he has no place to go when he comes home. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I never, I did not uh, pick up, pick up on that uh, throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. So he's kind of like a stranger in his own hometown, which is kind of where he always, I guess, kind of was when you get, when he, as he kind of continues to progress through the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, it feels like he definitely melds back in well with the with that crowd. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he, like he never left. Like he, the ten years that everybody keeps joking about throughout the whole movie. It's like yeah. he really just kind of disappeared, came back, still had that same. I mean, a little bit more harder edge, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, he was liked. Like you could tell people liked him in high school because everybody once he gets to the reunion later yeah, on in the like, movie, hey, hey. everybody's like super excited to see him. He goes, but yeah, he goes at one point as he's driving around town, he goes back to his to high school. And he runs into like one of his favorite teachers, and you know mm-hmm. the teachers all thought he was going to Harvard and stuff. And he was just like, and and at this point he's being coy as to what what as a professional killer he's being that that's what he is, right, right. And so he's just kind of like, oh, I went west, and you know whatever, dancing and, around it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the movie sets up that he was like a smart kid, a good, like well liked, and then he just kind of snapped, mm-hmm. and then you know disappeared, vanished, right, exactly, kind of thing. Um, it's good. Yeah. So at this point, uh, we find out that there's another professional killer in town. Yeah, here we go. Who has been hired to kill John Cusack because John Cusack uh, accidentally killed somebody's dog on a previous, previous mission. Job, yeah. yeah. Before the start before, of the movie. Before the movie, yeah. This Which is I, what I thought was odd to do. Yeah. Because I was like, I have, who, what? What dog? <laughs> It showed a dog, and I was like, "Why am I looking at this dog?" Yeah, but it's like, yeah, just kind of one another thing where you just have to catch up with the movie because the movie yeah. kind of like the disjointed. I, I I wanted to save it maybe for my dislikes, but yeah, I, now that you're pointing it out to me, it is very disjointed storytelling. Yeah, uh, it's weird that they're giving us a bit, jumping back, and then giving us more bits afterwards, like you know, at different parts in the movie, not necessarily you know. I think it's a movie. It'd be interesting to watch because i've seen it so many times re-edited now. uh well i was gonna say for the first time because oh. you do come to those scenes where you're like what's going on like when he walks into the mini mart and he's just freaking out mm-hmm. and you don't as if you're watching it for the first time you don't know right. sorry spoilers uh that that's where he used to live like that literally was his his childhood home mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. uh you know on repeated viewing like i love that scene because mm-hmm. i know the what? back you know what's coming up and you know Exactly. Everything else. And so I get to kind of watch all the little nuance kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a movie that definitely gets better with or you, more you, watches. Yeah, more watches kind mm-hmm. of thing. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's uh, get into, I guess, the reunion itself. Uh, there was like some uh, setup for it. I guess we, this is pre reunion, I put here in the outline. Like he, um, he, in, reaction to the uh you know the bomb at the mini mart mm-hmm. and the, just that whole encounter he decides to like take a chance and ask uh, debbie out on yeah. to like uh, the date at the reunion 
And so uh, I think they go to lunch or something, and there's like a funny interaction in the bathroom. It's a funny scene. Like yeah. <laughs> the the what was it the uh, NSA? Yeah, the NSA. NSA. Yeah, uh, like agents are there, just like hanging around, just like washing their hands. Yeah, just on their thumbs yeah. and things like that. It was just really awkward, but I thought that was a really funny scene. What were they? Do you remember what they were doing in that particular instance? So the so a lot of the movie takes place in just over. It, it takes place Actually, over a weekend. Yeah, and yeah. So they were really just catching up in the restaurant, I guess. Yeah. So the whole for the whole first part of the movie takes place almost in one day when he, once he gets to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what happens is he he goes to his high school, he goes to see Debbie, he drives around with Jeremy Piven, he goes back to see Debbie, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end he's like, I think that's he goes back to see Debbie. That's when they make plans to go eat dinner that night. Mm-hmm. Then I think he tries to go home, finds out his the home doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and then he tries to go find his mom. Then he goes to see his dad in the, his dad's gravesite, and wow. then he goes back to pick up debbie so like a lot happens oh yeah and i think maybe that the point that i brought up earlier that's why maybe i'm like having the problem of that disjointed nature of it like i'm like uh like i remember watching these scenes and not knowing that context yeah yeah kind of piecing those together in this moment i'm like oh yeah maybe it's a little hard for me Uh, (laughs) yeah but yeah nonetheless it but at some point he yeah, and all this kind of leads up to when we when we get to the high school reunion. So he he asked Debbie to go to the high school. She kind of plays hard to get, and then she says yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he decides to he has a little panic attack. Martin does uh, John Cusack. He calls Alan Arkin one last one more time. The therapist, yeah, the therapists. And Alan Arkin kind of gives him this breathing technique, and he tells him, "Don't take a gun, don't kill anybody," which is kind of a that becomes a point in the movie later. So John Cusack gets off the phone, looks at himself, kind of straightens himself up in the mirror, gives himself a little pep talk. Mm-hmm. He takes the gun out, he you know does the trigger, cocks the gun, mm-hmm. but then he puts the gun back in the drawer, and then he goes to pick up Debbie. Right. Uh, and so then Debbie and he go to the uh, reunion. Mm-hmm. And they start reconnecting Coming, with everybody. Coming with the crowd. And I think there's a lot of uh, short bids. I think there was a few recurring characters. Yeah. Like the there was a police officer. There was the real estate. His, the, yeah, there's a lot of caricature characters mm, in this movie. Oh, there's some lady with a head brace. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of wacky characters. Mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. Character design is uh, definitely apparent in that portion. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun. And it's one of those... It, this is this is the moment of like, I guess it's in every kind of high school reunion movie. That's like, what's the you know, these you know, do you need do you need to care about these people kind of thing in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of just the wacky little bit. Yeah. yeah. But what it, but but what is happening is that he and and uh, Minnie Driver's character Debbie mm-hmm. are kind of slowly getting together and getting closer and whatever and right. And so that that is happening also over the course of the evening, where she's beginning to trust him again. Mm-hmm. It's funny that dichotomy it plays because it's like with those other people that he went to high school with, he's like they're pushing him away, like back to Minnie and like Minnie's yeah. like that magnet or whatever. So it's 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 funny that he was being pulled towards her and less so towards her, his classmates. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it being the yeah, every, everybody there is such a weirdo. That he kind of was like, I'd just rather hang out with, you know, Debbie mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. 
And then I think there's this one moment uh, where he runs into, there's a couple of normal other classmates that he runs into. Mm-hmm. But there was a Walking Dead character in there, like a really young, his name's Abraham. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead. And he, he's he's the one who made all the coke. He's like, you want to do coke? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he read the poem at one moment later on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo- Bobby Beamer. Mm-hmm. The red-haired the, guy yeah. with the handlebar mustache. Bob you know? Stepolo. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's weird. He gets. He holds this baby. He, he ends up holding uh, John Cusack's character. Uh, runs into a, a friend of his from high school, and she has a kid. And he's asking her about it, and she's like, "No, having a kid, being married, is great, you know." Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those things that, as you get older, if you're single, you kind of have this moment where you're like, you either really want to be in a relationship and have kids, or you're terrified of it because mm-hmm. it's going to ruin whatever plans whatever or dreams or on, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um. Because I can remember having kind of that fear, and and right around that kind of like late twenties, mm-hmm. early thirties kind right. of age. But I think there's that moment where he's holding the baby, and the Queen David Bowie under pressure song is mm-hmm. crescendoing, mm-hmm. and there's this back and forth <laughs> moment where they just kind of do a close up of John Cusack and a close up of the baby. The John, <laughs> yeah. and you're kind of like, I guess this is supposed to be symbolizing his kind of like turn, turn to yeah. humanity, mm-hmm. kind of like. I think I felt like maybe from the start of the like that reunion part, I think his feelings like just stacked on one another. And yeah. I think that baby moment was when that light switch happened. So I think I like about this movie that you may not have caught because it's a, mm-hmm. just a moment of its time, like a, a product of its time kind of thing. Okay. Is I like that he has all this kind of spy equipment that like so he at that point when he's holding the when he he hands the baby over to mini driver mm-hmm. and he takes out this camera and the camera is so tiny but that's like like cameras back in the day like in the 97 oh, were not that okay. tiny yeah, i know what you're talking about that yeah like so that's like one. a little spy camera kind of thing mm-hmm. it was like a like equivalent of a polaroid or something yeah like, it was yeah like yeah quick and accessible you know yeah kind of thing so like but we all have cameras on our phones nowadays. So like it, whatever, but it, in that, like when watching it at the time, like that's a weird looking camera kind of thing. So these are all like little spy, like he's looking at mini driver through the spy scope kind of thing at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that was a sniper scope. Yeah. yeah. Which was odd. The sniper scope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of fun watch. Cause they do kind of pepper a lot of that. Like he drives uh, his car wearing gloves, like little things like that. There are all kind of peppered throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, I I think in the reunion that's what you said. They get closer and they sneak off to the um, yeah. They go have sex in the doctor's the office. doctor's office, the nurse's office, nurse's or whatever, office, yeah. and uh, yeah, have sex. The you know wasn't much you know just solidified. I guess their bond. I guess you know. um, yeah. And like she's like, I'm gonna go back to the party, and then he's like, I'm gonna go stand by my locker. Yeah. So she's gonna. So they they hook up. They have sex in the doctor's office, and they're like. We're back together, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna take off. They're gonna leave the reunion. Right, they they agreed to take off and go somewhere random, or yeah. So he's like, "I'm gonna run by my locker, just take a swing by," and she's like, "I'm gonna go say bye to somebody." Um, then they're gonna meet back up mm-hmm. as he goes. As John Cusack goes to his locker, that's when this hired assassin shows up, who showed up at the at the high school reunion hunting John Cusack's character, mm-hmm. and at the uh, convenience store. 
And at the convenience store. Yeah, he's been hunting John Cusack throughout the whole movie. This is the guy that was hired to kill John Cusack because John Cusack accidentally killed this guy's dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get into this fight in the hallway. And I think it's, for a movie that's kind of a comedy action, I guess, this is a really, I think it's a really well choreographed fight scene. Yeah, it's very visceral. Yeah, uh, it's very the, visceral. For yeah. something that's kind of a dry comedy, mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. Uh, he's like choking, <laughs> Cusack's like choking the dude at one point, like really... Yeah, yeah, intensely. It's, it's a lot of good kind of like taekwondoy like fighting. Some of those punches and kicks look like they really connect, kind of mm, thing. Def. Uh and it's just a short, quick little, and it, which is weird because it's John Cusack, who you don't think of as an action star, or at, at, right? At all. Yeah, he's not. He's not Keanu zero point five or whatever, yeah, you know? anything like that. Um, but it's a pretty visceral fight scene. John Cusack ends up killing this guy by stabbing him in the throat with a pin. I mean, uh, the joke of a, like stabbing him in the lymph nodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, taking him out. <laughs> and yeah, that was pretty brutal. I yeah. was like, I saw that happen. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's just covered in blood, mm-hmm. like the, that, you know, ephemeral artery kind of thing. He's just, the guy's covered in blood. John Cusack covered, covered in blood. blood yeah. Uh, and then Minnie Driver comes up the stairs to find John Cusack covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And she has, she freaks out. Yeah, she, she runs out, out because obviously this, her, the guy that she just slept with killed this man. Right, yeah. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has the murder weapon in his hand, Yeah, I believe. And John Cusack looks at her and he's like, it's not me, you know. And he's he keeps saying that throughout the movie that, you know, because he, he, he earlier when he, before he kills somebody, he's like, the guy's like, whatever it is I'm going to do, I, you know, I, I won't do it anymore. And John uh-huh. Cusack tells him it's not me. Right, right. Uh, and later on he explains, but anyway. We'll get yeah, to that. I think, no, that was the part following the reunion was when – that's when they kind of piece from the reunion or no, I think that him and his friend like dispose of the body. And that's yeah, a funny, Jeremy Piven and, and John Cusack. That's a funny part. It's yeah. like them walking across the <laughs> almost empty high school reunion, yeah. <laughs> like just tired as fuck. And then I think that's when he goes back to the hotel or whatever. And many driver shows up and he's like trying to explain himself. And yeah. yeah. And he, and he finally comes out and he says, I, he had this moment of clarity, I guess at his high school. Re- uh, but anyway, at some point he tells Minnie Driver and, and all the rest of us, the audience, mm-hmm. that he freaked out on prom night. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I felt like I wanted to kill somebody. And so he joined the army. Like he up and joined the army. Mm-hmm. He took a psych evaluation in the army and found they found out that he had this predilection for he didn't really care about murdering people. Like right. he was morally ambiguous is what he says when it came to murdering. Right. And so – he went from the military to like the CIA. And so he became a government spook operative and he would kill people. And then eventually he left the CIA and became his own operative. Mm-hmm. Like private he's contractor. just a private contract killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to explain that to Minnie Driver. And he's like, like trying to explain his reasoning <laughs> behind why he's good. And yeah. I think uh, uh, when she's like, kind of reels and disgust is the, like he, he's like, I don't, care about killing people like anymore it was nothing to me it was like she was like oof okay (laughs) he was trying to explain how like it it was meaningless these you know the the killings but he's trying to do it in a way where it's like i'm not a crazy person Mm -hmm. i think he says that she reels and he's like "Ooh, that was bad phrasing or yeah he says something immediately after he's like "Ooh, bad phrasing yeah (laughs) Yeah, uh, she goes you're a psycho and he's like no a psycho kills for no reason he goes i kill for money yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. right that sounded bad (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's trying to convince her that usually the people that he kills are like bad people mm-hmm. that deserve to be killed and right. he's been hired but he goes but basically you know he doesn't care he just been hired all he knows is he's been hired to kill somebody and he's a killer like and that's kind of where he's very at. transactional yeah, it's very transactional for him and then he said but he's lost a taste for it and he wants he wants to live his life with mini driver right mm-hmm. uh, change it up and she's like i'm not sure I'm not your therapy. You know, she gets, and this is where I like, I don't think that she's that pixie dream girl because she's like, no, even though they end up together in the movie, mm-hmm. but she's like, I'm not, you know, no, you don't get, I'm not going to rescue you from who you are kind of thing. And she walks out. Mm-hmm. So this is why I really love her character. Cause she's just like, no. Mm-hmm. And she's, and she's like, what you do is wrong. You know? Right. Again, they end up together, but whatever. whatever. Right. And that moment, right. I'm just like, uh, yeah, awesome. Attract. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a not Tina Turner song. So this is where the big hook in the movie happens yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So she storms off, and he's thinking, "Well, it's over. I might as well come here to do the job, like do the job that I've come mm-hmm. here to opens do." Opens the dossier. He opens the dossier, and he finds out that it's Mini Driver's dad that she, he's supposed to kill. Yeah, he's apparently involved in some kind of lawsuit. He's a uh, a witness or a witness or something. Or he's blown yeah. the whistle on something, yeah. and somebody's hired a bunch of killers to kill him, so mm-hmm. he does, can't testify. Right. Uh, so Martin's like Martin Blank. John Cusack is like ah, all the dumb fucking luck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And at this point, Dan Aykroyd is like, "We're gonna do the job." Uh, he has his group of killers, mm-hmm. goons, goons. So he's like, "We're gonna go ahead and kill uh, Benny Driver's dad." Mm-hmm. So on the same, this is there's a lot of coincidental timing in this movie, mm-hmm. but on the on the same morning, you know, John Cusack and and Dan Aykroyd are both go. Dan Aykroyd goes to kill Mini Driver's dad. John Cusack goes to save Mini Driver's uh, dad, yeah. and, and saves him. Uh, they drive back to the Mini Driver's dad's house where Mini Driver lives mm-hmm. as well. Like it's kind of like the house or the the house was definitely the finale. It was like a shootout. Yeah, just Dan Aykroyd, the NSA people, Dan Aykroyd's character. And yeah. I think. It, I don't. I feel like there was just some just random goons thugs, to, goons yeah. to shoot to come in yeah. there. You know? There's a big shootout between all the invested parties at the very end, mm-hmm. uh, and then John Cusack ends up saving the life of Minnie Driver and, and her dad. Right. At which point he's like, "I don't want to kill anybody anymore. I just want to, you know." And they fall in love. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 One thing I do want to point out in that fight is that Dan Aykroyd died by getting his face smashed in with a <laughs> the television. one of those old televisions that had the back on him. Not for you younger kids listening. Uh, we didn't always have that. I remember I remember my friend in high school, his name was Taylor. I remember his family having like a theater size, like flat, like uh, what you would consider like a, maybe I would say like for the time, maybe like 52, an equivalent of 52, but oh, it wow. just had the biggest back and it was like the heaviest I could imagine. thing ever. Like, I think they put it on wheels at one point. <laughs> so you roll it around. <laughs> like, oh Lord. I wonder if those old TVs, because that, that also is kind of a trope in movies of killing somebody by smashing them over the head with a television. And then mm-hmm. they always fall to the ground and you hear that like electrical mm-hmm. sound and the body a, yeah, will a twitch a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but the TV's not plugged in. How is it electrocuting the dead person still? So I wonder if those old televisions or just old electronics in, in general, I'm uh-huh. sure they have a lot of like 
new stuff has a lot of like safety features where oh. like if it's no longer once you unplug it like it kills the power to everything and maybe it'll t- yeah like the like with these older ones it has to like the energy has to run through the system yeah um, so in order to dis- dissipate that so John Cusack unplugged it from the wall and immediately <laughs> smashed him with it so yeah it still holds like a little bit of a tr- I'm gonna I need to go because I feel like I saw that on a different movie not too long ago where somebody mm-hmm. was smashed with a television and, and died from electrocution oh I see I uh, see Huh. After, even after the you know the TV had been unplugged from the wall, I'm gonna look this up, and then I'm gonna become a serial killer, but just by old televisions. Nice. So, I'll be called. So, yeah, the, what would your what would your serial killer? <laughs> this the serial killer? Yeah, it'll be like the boob tube killer or something oh, like Lord. that. Yeah, <laughs> something something uh, punny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be the best kind of like mm-hmm. yeah serial killer. Time to turn it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a bad one. Turn it down, killer. Uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's really the end. Yeah, like you said. The um, whole synopsis, there it know, is. Um, John Cusack, you know, saves everybody. You know, they kind of... Uh, I have one part I do want to mention is, like, he's, like, um, after... I don't remember what moment that he had told his, like, handler to, like, destroy everything... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh oh I think it was after like he killed uh, the other one who was hired, the assassin who was hired. Yeah. Um I think it was after that point he's like just burn every- or like get rid of everything and uh, there's one funny scene of I think I think actually I'll save it but um yeah, they just like burned everything so. Yeah, Joan Cusack is amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's kind of an amazing actress in in general but Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get her into our legs. We're running a little long. We, we, you know, I like, I like, I think it was hard for me, definitely, like the disassociation, just the way they structured the, I don't know, movie made it hard for me to like piece it all together. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to start with you, Jeff. Like, uh, what are some of your likes with this movie, like in particular? Of this movie? Um, I find all the characters really likable. You know, they all, mesh well together i think mm-hmm. um it has kind of you don't you don't see like a lot of indie level like kind of movies or with this kind of budget kind of like a low budget kind of crazy comedy these days mm-hmm. so it has a i like that too and it's kind of a nice little packaged movie right uh mm-hmm. yeah it's a great pickup put down yeah type yeah yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt that there's a, a few stars on it too yeah of course so uh, for me, yeah, definitely. I like John Cusack. I just, I think I mentioned it earlier with the hot tub time machine. He's, he's funny. Yeah. I saw, you know, inklings of that. Uh, we mentioned the soundtrack throughout. I just love the, the alt alternative, you know, eighties and nineties. I, I just yeah. love it. I love it. Um, and then like, I thought maybe the mini driver is a good example. I really liked her as well. Uh, but I guess the thing I want to go into just a little bit deeper is like the, I feel like throughout the whole movie, I think it, you know, it comes up with a therapist as well. Like it's just generally there like that, um, mental illness. Um, like it's obviously you're damaged, but you're working on yourself to make yourself better. It's a funny, like play on it because it's so extreme with the assassin, you know, part of it. But it's, it's funny that like, I put here like the commentary on the mental illness uh, with like the Kurt humor was a nice like uh, mix because it, it was it reminded me like whenever I was thinking about it uh, I was like reminds me of 
I don't know if you watch Always Sunny at all, Always yeah. Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but I I was getting a sense of that type of humor mixed in with like the like mental illness slant. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is a nice like I like this little combo. Um, it really drove it. Like it definitely, it kind of lulled there in the middle before the reunion started. So I was like, I need something to keep me up. But I, <laughs> I noticed that and I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So I like a lot, but I also dislike a lot. I think I dislike uh, def- definitely Dan Aykroyd's character. I just, you know, <laughs> I just, he, uh, I, I think I said it a little bit like at the beginning of the movie, he provided something, but towards mm-hmm. the end, he was, very, he was that guy who got the TV smashed. <laughs> yeah. Sense. Yeah. So, uh, so that was, you know, that. And then I think the, that just whole opposing storyline with that side of villains. Cause uh, you, there were different parts throughout the podcast that I noticed that you were like, Oh, Oh, and that's not mentioned. And that's not mentioned. Yeah. And I think that, that that's part of the storytelling The unfortunately we, the structure of the story we got that a lot of things aren't being said, like the shady organization that hires Dan Aykroyd or the, the union part or whatever. Like, I yeah. don't even know why that union thing was mentioned. Like you could just let that out or whatever. So it does feel like there's, there's a bigger chunk to this movie that mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe got written it wanted down. to be John wick before John wick. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But they, they did not good, do a good job. Uh, Jeff, do you have any dislikes? Uh, I I mean, it's, it was my movie pick, so it's hard for me to, to find the dislike. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I would say I could I could from watching it, uh, watching it next to you as somebody who has not seen it, mm-hmm. and me thinking about that as somebody who hasn't seen, it, I can see where the disjointedness would kind of be confusing, it's a little jarring, yeah. As as you're watching it until you get to the point where you're like, you know, if you're one of those people who are like, what's going on now? What's going on now? Like this may be a movie that kind of confuses you. Like yeah. you have to keep up with the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the movie does get ahead of you and then lets you in on what's it does, happening. It does catch you back up though. Cause yeah. I didn't feel like that through the whole movie, but there was definitely, it was definitely additive. Um, some plot lines weren't yeah. strung through or, you know, tied up and but like, if you're somebody, it left it a little messy i guess yeah if you're somebody who like casually watches movies like I while you're good. Yeah. while you're well like, i was gonna say if you're like reading twitter you might miss a line and then miss something that's happened in the movie kind of thing right and then you're like well what's going on like why does you know mm-hmm. why did i that- can run to the bathroom and not really miss anything substantial yeah well I, if you're under the line if you're under the bathroom like when he when he says because he only says it once that the quickie mark turns into mm-hmm. or the his house became oh yeah the yeah thing. That's so true. he didn't really make it that a big point after that yeah he never really comes back to it or whatever which i think is also part of his character like i don't think that's a movie flaw i think that's just like he has to cut ties kind of like just how he lives i can see both sides stuff yeah but um yeah you can miss stuff if you're not paying attention to this movie hmm. yeah so uh is there anything else before we kind of get into the closing segments that you wanted to talk about before we kind of wrap no, up? No, I think it's uh no. I I, it's, you go watch the movie. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. John Cusack really does a good job. Um so our first closing segment is our awards segment. This is uh I'm gonna do a, give it the rating of of a classic or a bust. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna have to say classic on this one. I actually really enjoyed this one. Um though I just like the Dan Aykroyd character and just that maybe side of it. It does get a little confusing with the disjointed way it's presented. But, yeah. Um, I think it was just a second ago. Like it, it still 
there's that disjointed nature, but it gives you time to catch back up with the story, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Feel. Um, and it reveals things to you, but you know, like that epiphany moment at the end where it's Minnie Driver's father who's yeah, yeah, you know that. Yeah. So uh, nice. Uh, I like that. Um, well, you're gonna say classic, obviously. So oh yeah, I think it's a classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think is the least important character? Um, <laughs> probably. You know, one of the one of the NSA the NSA agents oh. are fun. Yeah, you know they they kind of one Hank Azaria as one of them. The Hank Azaria from The Simpsons, and you know he's been all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is also a character actor I recognize, but they're kind of you know I don't I don't know if they're necessarily necessary. They end up getting shot and killed at the end for you know so they're, they're kind of this running commentary throughout the mm-hmm. sh- throughout the movie. They're kind of there for a little bit of exposition, mm-hmm. so you kind they of they get a few quips in there, and they get a few quips in there. They're kind of there for some funny scenes. I don't know if they're necessary. The hand washing one, yeah, yeah, necessary to the to the plot. Yeah, no, I think Dan Aykroyd himself could have played that. Yeah, he could have been all in one. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, so. Um, I have to say the dad who was the target, like he had one line prior and then he's jogging and then John Cusack comes in. <laughs> yeah. He's just around for the finale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just at the very end. He just right. pops up. Very helpless. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as his house gets destroyed. Um, is there, uh, like your favorite parts? Is there a standout moment in the movie that you like your favorite, I guess? Uh, I don't, the music in the, in the movie stays with me. So they're like, even now, like if I'm just driving around and I hear under pressure in the car or whatever, like mm. if I'm listening to the radio or whatever, like I will still think of the, of the scene where John Cusack is staring at the baby. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I think of that scene. That's if funny. I, if I hear, uh, the Guns N' Roses version of Live and Let Die, I think of the, like you're going into gas yeah, station I think, or something. I think of that gas station scene yeah ironically i think of the shootout scene even though that song is not in the shootout scene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and the same movie. for uh the i can see clearly now the, mm-hmm. that song where at the very beginning i think of the shootout mm-hmm. scene then I mean, anytime i hear those songs immediately this movie plays in my head mm-hmm. right yeah They're, i don't know how much you know these movies spend on you know contracts like that but yeah 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 and i think i mean this is uh well uh, 97 so i don't know if how i have like how heavy that is yeah i don't uh, maybe there's a reason why this movie isn't on like streaming services a lot or on cable or whatever because of all the licensing and movies and stuff but or songs Mm like licensing for the songs rather right exactly cool um i think for me the therapist i think that was a really funny part like at the beginning yeah like him like casually threatening him to continue being his therapist i thought that was so funny um that i think that's my standout moment with that just one that really (laughs) stuck out of my mind um we so we intended to do a you know the trivia segment we still are but uh, we were at a handicap because we went on after watching the movie and yeah. Jeff saw that there's only one There's only one IMDb of, trivia. Yeah, piece. IMDb trivia for this movie and it sucked. <laughs> it's a terrible piece of trivia. I have to look it up here again. So I uh, kind of made it my own. Uh, <laughs> just, it's just something I you know, wanted to, I guess, bring up because it was during the fight with um, the guy by his locker that I was like, 
man, John Cusack is tall. Like he is very lanky. Oh my goodness. And, uh, I like, I think after that moment I looked up, I was like, how I asked you, Jeff, I was like, how tall do you think John Cusack is? And you were, you said six one, but he's, yeah, he's six two. Six two. He's a tall, he's a tall boy. Uh This movie gets uh, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, uh, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 4.6 out of five on iTunes. iTunes don't know what they're talking about. So, I mean, that's not too bad for iTunes. That's uh, only 0. 0.4 away from yeah. being perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, it's out of five. I forgot. I was like, well, ah, 4.5. Pathetic. <laughs> Tom Jinkowitz was the author of this movie. I like that name. It's a nice one. Uh, yeah. Unique. <laughs> okay, Jeff, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Also, a big thank you to my guest, Jeff Hernandez, for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely had a good time. Uh, (laughs) That's one thing, like, uh, I think throughout hanging out, you just like... You're very knowledgeable with the movies or just pop culture, media in general. So it's good to have like these fun, you know, oh, yeah, conversations. So, I mean, I got to use all this useful, useless information for something. Right. Yeah. You got you to gotta give. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, if you want to show your support for the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast, check out our Facebook at facebook.com slash YHSTMP and at Instagram at instagram.com slash YHSTMPodcast. Uh, like this movie? Hate it? Uh, let us know by calling our voicemail. I'll send you a sticker. Uh, or a recipe. Or a recipe. Yeah, good good point. Hey, send whatever you want. You know, I'm always... <laughs> looking for something <laughs> uh both yeah both of the both of the uh social medias instagram and facebook have call buttons so it literally you know it could be easier so uh other than that let's uh we'll see you next next week Bye-bye. bye bye